Thank you for joining us for this chapel message from the campus of Columbia International University in Columbia, South Carolina. Our mission at CIU is to educate people from a biblical worldview to impact the nations with the message of Christ. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, good morning, good morning. I need your prayers on this morning. So what I need you to do to help me out as we begin, can everyone just, just raise your hand towards my direction? I'm going to need a little bit of your help on this morning. I need God's help to move here this morning right now. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I pray now, God, that you will move in this place, God. Console my anxieties, God. Be with me. Allow me to speak the words, God, that I believe that you've given me for a time such as this. God, is about being unified, being one in Christ Jesus. So, God, I pray now that you hide me behind your cross. Allow your people to hear a word that will be transforming and change their lives forever. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. At the end, I will tell you why I needed your help. But this morning, we're going to continue with Evangelical Unity Week. And unity is one of those big things that we talk about all the time in the world today. And everyone's always questioning, what is unity exactly? What is the thing that we're asking, that we're speaking about so much this week in chapel? Why is this so important? Unity is one of those things that it is it, something that you have to work for. It's intentional and it takes a lot of work. The thing about unity, though, is we kind of get it a little, a little confused. So this morning, I want to give you a visual as we begin. So as we go through this entire message, the visual is what I want you to think about. Amen. So can I get those students to come help me really quick? And y'all can just stand right here, no particular order, just any order that you want to stand. Because I want to show you something to make sure that we understand what unity is. As you see people come up on stage, you see a very beautiful group. You see a very colorful group. You see a diverse group. Amen? But this is amazing, and this is what you see here. Amazing men and women of God that, that God has been using and that is here at our, at our university. But this is diversity. And this is an achievement that we're trying to get to, but we have to understand unity requires something else. Unity doesn't just require diversity. Unity requires something that is in need. And what I want to present to you this morning is that unity requires inclusion. Lock arms with my brother right here and go all the way down the line. Diversity is what you saw when their arms were not locked. But inclusion is what you see at this point. And I want to present to you that diversity and inclusion together is unity. Diversity and inclusion together is unity. That is what God wants his people, Christians, believers to look like. Why? Because if he starts to stumble, his brother has him in his arm. If she starts to stumble, she's got, she's got a sister on the left and she's got a brother on the right to hold them up during times that they come to that may be a little difficult. So we want to get unified through locking arms as one in Jesus. Amen? Let's give them a hand. <laughs> Unity is when, diver is when in diversity and inclusion are simultaneous. Unity is not Uniformity. Unity is not assimilation. 
Unity is not diversity all by itself. Unity requires inclusion. And inclusion and unity together, or inclusion and diversity together equals the unity that God wants his people to be. So as we begin this morning, I want us to understand that God has always been inclusive. How do we know that? Look around. The chosen people of God were Jews in the Bible. But when you look around now in this chapel right here alone and online, the people that are online, we've now been included into what God is doing. He's called us to be something more than what the world is seeing right now. And he's called you to be unified with the Son, Jesus Christ. So God has chosen the Jews, but he's also allowed us all to be in here. But the question is, why is unity so important? Why do we keep talking about it? And the reasons are found in John 17 is what I want to present to you this morning on the, on the scriptures that I'll be using. In John 17, Jesus says three prayers, and they're all powerful, and they all mean something very important. The first one, Jesus prayed that he glorified himself. He wanted the Father to glorify himself. The second one, he prayed for his disciples. And the third one, believe it or not, he prayed for you and me. He prayed for all of us who would believe. He prayed for all of us who would accept who would live after Jesus, who would walk in a manner that is pleasing unto the Father. He chose you. Out of everything that you've been through, everything that you've seen, he chose you. He could have chosen someone else, but he chose you. Why? Because he needs us to be unified. Jesus is requiring his people to be one. We see it all through John chapter 17. But this morning I want to give you three points. There is unity in posture. There's unity in the right posture. When Jesus prayed to be glorified in the first prayer, his posture is what I want us to understand and point out on this morning. We have to, be, we have to understand that there is a particular way that we come to a holy God a divine God. There's a posture. It says Jesus looked to the heavens. He looked up and he prayed. He looked up and he prayed. He looked up and he prayed. Why up? Because the Father who is in heaven and distractions that are on the earth would have required him, would have probably messed up his, his prayer if he'd have looked at the world and saw what was going on. We know it's Jesus. It wouldn't have messed up his prayer. But the point is, as we, as human beings, we can't look to the world. We have to look up. I look to the hills which cometh my help. My help, your help, comes from the Lord. So as we look up as students, as we look up as people of God, as we look up as faculty and staff, we have to look up and understand that Jesus is waiting for us to actually acknowledge who he is. Brothers and sisters, I want you to understand that unity requires intentionality. Unity requires more of you not to be selfish and not to look at your own selves and look at your own situations, but to look at the bigger picture, which is what? Glorifying the Father. If we are one, we are going to glorify the Father. But there's unity in our posture. You know, some of us, I'm sure if I ask to raise your hand, we're all going through something. 
We're all struggling with something in our lives right now, right today. Some people may know it, some people may not. Some of you are, are dealing with situations that you haven't told anyone about. And it's getting all the way up to your eyeballs. And the reason why we, Jesus wants us to be unified is because if we lock arms as one, we can carry each other through that pain. Because there are times that pain will come. And when that pain comes, you have to understand that you have to look up. That posture is what is required. A submitting heart to God is what is required. A, a brotherhood, a sisterhood is what is required. But Jesus wants us to be in the right posture. He wants us to focus on the Father. Friends, do not look at your own might. You know, a couple weeks ago, um, I don't know if any, some of my community group leaders or members are in here, and we have community group upstairs, and um, we were having a conversation upstairs, and I'm a very, if you know me well enough, I'm a very transparent kind of guy. Um, I don't mind sharing with you what's going on in my life and just to kind of encourage you, but I also feel like I, I can be encouraged by you. And so we're having this discussion, and as we're talking about some things that, has been, that I went through in my life, I realized that I was trying to do things under my own might. I wanted to do it my way. Why? Because I can do it better. I can do it better. I got this. I have the power to do it, Miles. I can make this happen if I choose to. Friends, that's the wrong answer. And I shared that with them because I want them to understand that one, just because we might look like we got it all together, we do not. We don't. And it's okay to share that with someone. I don't have it together. Can you pray for me? Because prayer is what is needed on to, in today. You can't tell me that y'all aren't looking around and seeing the things that are happening and it's affecting you. But what would happen if we change our posture instead of looking around, we look up? What would happen if the people of God would stop focusing on the things that are minor and look at the person, the one who is major? How much could we transform this world and turn this entire one campus around? Let's start here. And then turn our city our state, and our country around. Amen? So listen, death was imminent. Jesus is in the garden. He's praying, and he prays with a posture, with a heart to God. So there's unity in the posture. My question to you this morning is, are you in the right posture? Are you in the right posture? My second point this morning I want to give you is unity provides safety and security in Jesus Christ. There's safety and security in Jesus. If you're right, if, with your right posture, with you accepting him into your life, there's safety and security. Who here wants to be safe? Raise your hand. Who here wants security? Raise your hand. We all desire to have that. We all want to be in a place where we can be protected by the Father in heaven. What we know is that God doesn't place a detour around struggles. In John 17, 11 and 12, Jesus prayed, Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, him, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by the name you gave me. Friends, there is power in the name of Jesus. 
There's safety and security. I want to tell some of you that are here, stop playing with God. Stop playing with the holy God. I say that loud enough for it pertains to all of us because we all fall short to the glory of the kingdom, but we have to stop playing with God. He's a loving father who wants to be unified with you. And he gave his son in order to prove that to all of you, to me as well. Jesus' prayer was not for his disciples to be removed from the earth. It would be easy for God to say, I'm just going to scoop you up and take you away from all of this. I don't like going through struggles. Anybody like going through struggles? Raise your hand, I'll wait. No one likes to go through a struggle. You know, we got many of athletes in here and all of them have to go through struggles and it's called running. <laughs> You're going to run. You're late, you run. You don't show up on time, you run. Workouts, you run. Everyone else, we can laugh at them. However, our running looks very different. Because God requires for us to go through some sort of struggle sometimes. He says that if they persecuted my son, they'll persecute you. Now, we're not being persecuted like Jesus. But what does persecution look like? What does the struggle look like today? It looks like something that you're going through that has got you all overwhelmed. Anxiety is through the roof. Depression is through the roof. Stress is through the roof. And all Jesus wants you to do is bring it and give it to him at his feet. We want detours around struggles, but the reality is struggles is what makes us better. It's where you grow. It's where you find your strength he was with Jesus. He was with Daniel in the lion's den. He was with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. He was with the brothers on the boat in the storm. He's with you in your seat on this morning. That struggle that you've been dealing with, that thing that you haven't told anyone about, Jesus is with you through it. He promised that he would never leave you nor forsake you. Jesus Christ is with you. Amen? God is with you in your pain. The, the crazy part about a lot of pain, though, a lot of tests that you come up to, we always question where is God at in this time? And I like to tell people, well, the, 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 uh, the teacher is quiet during the test. That sounds so good. Man, that sounds great. I know a lot of y'all like come and take tests up in the Academic Success Center for your professors. And your professor is sitting there and you're like, man, well, it'd be great if Dr. Reisman just give me the answers so I don't have to worry about figuring out how to answer this paper. And sometimes we like that with God. God, it'd be great if you just show me what I need to learn. I'll learn it if you tell me. I'll learn it if you just give me the answer. Just tell me a C, God. I'll, know, I'll, I'll go ahead and mark that. But the reality is God doesn't do that. God allows you to go through a situation because on the other end, you have two choices. You're going to come out bitter or you're going to come out better. Okay. On the other side of that challenge, on the other side of that situation, there's something that God wants you to do. He wants to work something out of you or he wants to strengthen you. He says that you will have the faith the size of a mustard seed. Friends, seeds are meant to grow. And seeds push through the ground to grow from out of a dark spot, a dark area. There is something about that that I know for sure that God wants us to understand. 
But there's unity, but unity provides safety and security. Finally, unity is found in discipleship. Unity is found in discipleship. As you heard Dr. Raven gave my bio, Dr. Raven, that's the first time I ever had my bio read out loud. <laughs> my project for my dissertation focused on discipleship and understanding why is it so important. We, we hear discipleship, people talk about it all the time, but what does that truly mean? Why is that so important? CIU is trying that we have faculty that love students, we have staff that love students, and all they want to do is pour into students, and all they want to do is pour into one another. We have students that love students that want to pour into each other. The whole point about that is, is discipleship. We're trying to remind, encourage, and equip, and empower all of you, all of us, together as one to be unified with Christ, and all that is is unity in discipleship. There's unity there. The final prayer, Jesus prayed for all believers. Can you believe he prayed for you over 2,000 years ago? Jesus prayed for you. Jesus prayed for me. Jesus prayed for us over 2,000 years ago. Jesus knew today would come, and he would see how divided we are. But what would happen if we all of a sudden changed the narrative? What would happen is instead of us being divided, we now become one in Jesus' eyes, in the Father's eyes. We become one, not for ourselves, but to glorify the Father. What would happen to our families if they saw the light that is supposed to shine inside of us? What would happen if people who are your friends that are not saved or some that are at CIU who are questioning their salvation to see an example, hear an example of a man or a woman of Christ who walks in integrity, who talks in integrity, who walks, who's all about their business and their business is all about the Father. What would happen if we did that here at CIU? But let's bring it home. What would happen if you started it right where you're at? How much could we really change? Twelve men changed, turned the world upside down. Could you imagine, what is this, 200 maybe, 150? God lovers, Jesus followers, turned the world upside down. How much better would that be? Jesus prayed, my prayer is not for them alone. I also pray for those that will believe in, in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you and I, you and me, and I am in you. What message? The good news of Jesus Christ. The good news of Jesus Christ. Jesus left heaven, on, left heaven to come to earth and live with mankind. He came and he lived a life that none of us could have lived. He paid a price that none of us could afford. And he died and was rose on the third day to bring unity between us and the Father. 
He died for us. He died because he loved us. God so loved the world that he gave his son. The good news is a head-freeing message, a heart-healing message, and a hopeful message. The good news changes everything about who you are. The direction of travel that you were heading is what was changed. The doorway of diversity, the doorway to diversity is through inclusion and diversity together as one. We can be unified through that. In John 13, 35, Jesus said, by this everyone will know that you are my disciples by the way you love. I'm going to camp here for a second. My wife is here. My beautiful wife, can you raise and wave at everybody? <laughs> My wife met a friend, and her friend said, I know there's no God by the way people have been treating one another. Let me be more specific. I know there's no God by the way Christians have been treating one another through the pandemic. Why is love so important? Because love displays Jesus. Love displays the fact that God is real. And without love, there are people that are like that in this world that don't believe there's a God by the way we treat one another. How we talk to one another, how we deal with one another. But I want to tell you, brothers and sisters, that if we change that, there are many things that will happen in this world. Discipleship, we must understand, is intentional, it's emotional, or it's emotional and it is intimate. Take the time to meet with someone. I'm going to land this plane right now because you know what? I'm not going to go over then. But my question is, again, the same question I've been asking. What would happen if CIU would start here with unconditional love? What would happen if CIU were to start with authenticity here at CIU? There's unity in your posture. There's unity in safe, or out of unity comes safety and security. And there's unity in discipleship. Friends, I want you to understand that if we take it upon ourselves to do what God has called. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not telling you that the kingdom of God will not prevail. But I want to be used by God in that. I want to be a part of that prevailing. And it takes an intentional heart. It takes a godly character to do what God has called you to do. So stop thinking about it. Stop worrying about what other people say and look to him for all the answers. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I pray now, God, that you will continue to be with this university, these staff, faculty members, the students. God, empower them, equip them, God, and then mobilize them to go out and do the things that you've called them to. God, there are so many things that are happening in our world, but God, if we start here and stop worrying about everywhere else, if we start here now, God, and we seek your face, seek you, your kingdom first, God, you will do whatever you need to do in our area. So, Father, we love you now, and it's in Jesus' mighty name that we pray. Amen.
We hope you found this message a blessing to your life. More Columbia International University Chapel messages are available at iTunes and at podcast.ciu.edu. Learn more about CIU's undergraduate, seminary, and graduate programs at our website, ciu.edu. Columbia International University educates people from a biblical worldview to impact the nations with the message of Christ. Thank you for the opportunity to minister to you today.